Less than a month to go to the Colts preseason workouts, the camp. It's going to be fun. The schedule was released yesterday. What's going to go on at Grant Park? This is going to be a fun season. There have been enough upgrades to get the Colts to an AFC South favorite position. Can they close the deal? We're going to talk about the upgrades, the downgrades, all that kind of stuff, and why people are talking about the Colts as a potential AFC South champion. But sometimes news just drops. And all of a sudden, we got to change course. And we got to talk about what's going on. And that is the case today. Huge news. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Thursday, June 30th, 2022. We are brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. They do unbelievable work. They marry solutions to problems, and it looks like that. It's a perfect thing. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. Smash the subscribe button. Hit the like button. We want 250 likes this afternoon, and that means as you want us right now, you got to hit the like button. Ring the bell so you get an alert every time we go live. And if you want to donate, donate. Here's the huge news. This completely out of left field, totally unexpected, although is anything in college sports really unexpected anymore? It's been announced that there is a deal in place but has not been finalized by all the powers that be that UCLA and USC will move to the Big Ten. It's broke within the last half hour. And so it is still early on in figuring out exactly what this means and how it's going to affect the Big Ten, how it's going to affect college football, college basketball, all that stuff. In fact, the Pac-12 commissioner is off the grid vacationing in Montana or some such nonsense. Kevin Warren, I don't know where Kevin Warren is, but we have expected to hear about an, an, the new TV deal and a series of TV deals involving the Big Ten. And that the total number per year was going to reach a billion dollars. Well, now, if you're involving the number two TV market in the country and in throwing the Big Ten Network into basic cable packages all throughout Southern California at the basic tier, right? That is a hell of a lot more money to divvy up for the Big Ten. And they're going to be able to go to ESPN and Fox and everybody else, CBS, ABC, whomever, and uh, cut deals that are significantly above what they would have been had it been the, the Big Ten foot uh fr- footprint as we have always understood it to be or have since since uh Rutgers and Maryland came on board as the 13th and 14th members this would build up the Big 10 to 16 what do you think that the Big 10 would be done at 16 or would they try to get to 20 maybe what the Big 10 would try to do and the SEC is put together two super conferences eat up the remnants of the ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12, and go with two conferences of 32 or 33? That's an interesting question. Where does this lead us? Where does it end? How does this impact the Pac-12? I have Pac-12, my God. Without USC and UCLA, what do you got? Without the impact of, of the, T, the Los Angeles TV market, Where in the world do you go get your money? The Pac-12 network is going to lose everything. Oregon, 
Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Stanford, Colorado, Utah. Is that enough to keep a conference flush? I, you're not talking about huge TV markets other than San Francisco. In, in that footprint, Seattle's not bad. Oregon, Phoenix, I guess. But you're, you're not talking about an impactful conference in, in football or basketball without USC and UCLA of, I think, charter members of what was the Pac-8. This is fascinating. And, and, and we've told you for years that this was coming down the pike. Not that UCLA and USC would move to the Big Ten, but there was going to continue to be consolidation. This move could be fully engaged as soon as 2024. They could become, those two schools, could become full-fledged Big Ten members by 2024. Monetary considerations. What does this mean for the current Big Ten schools? It means a lot more money. For the current Big Ten schools, that's what it means. A lot more money. It'll mean some more expenses, but it's going to mean a lot more cash. Having Los Angeles, the two major schools in Los Angeles, as members of, of the Big Ten. And it, it elevates the stature of the Big Ten to a point where recruits are going to be much likely to play in the Big Ten, especially in football. Big deal. Huge deal for the Big Ten. Tectonic shift in college athletics, which means, really, I mean, let's face it, it's college football and men's college basketball. That's what we're talking about. With OU and Texas moving to the SEC in a couple of years, what is that? That goes live in 25. All of a sudden, you've got two super conferences and you've got the ACC in basketball. They're still cool, but that's about it. Football-wise, they're basically dead. The Big 12, dead. And, and the schools still remaining in the Big 12 are trying to find any port in a storm because without the Texas money and the OU money, you, you really don't have that. Nobody wants to watch, you know, Kansas State play Iowa State. No matter how good they are, they're just not – those aren't the – the level of franchises, the level of programs that people are going to stop their business on a Saturday and watch play football or basketball. The Big Ten, if you got Indiana playing home and home with UCLA every year, if you got Illinois playing UCLA every year, you got that USC with Andy Enfield. I think you know how I feel about Andy Enfield and the USC Trojans. Not good. How's Andy Enfield always get recruits? How do they always... Please, let's not be naive. However, it's going to be a big deal when these programs, especially UCLA, come to town in basketball. In football, uh, you know what? USC coming to play at IU? I was there the last time USC played at IU. It wasn't pretty in 1980. 81, sorry. September of 81. Same day as the Simon and Garfunkel concert in Central Park, by the way. But just fascinating stuff in college athletics. This is what happens when pigs are at the trough. You know, Mark Cuban always talks about the NFL being pigs at the trough. Hey, college athletic directors 
and uh, conference leaders take no back seat to the NFL when it comes to being pigs at the trough. They are all trying to get theirs because they know this. If they don't get theirs, somebody else is going to get it. And if somebody else gets it, that isn't good for anybody that they know. Right? It isn't good for them. It isn't good for the co-workers. It isn't good for their member institutions. So you got to get while the getting's good. And getting while the getting's good doesn't mean inviting Kansas State and Iowa State to join the Big Ten. It means going big game hunting, and it looks like Kevin Warren has put together some kind of agreement in principle to welcome these two schools into the August Big Ten. And it could happen within the next two years or about two years from now. Wow, a stunner. And, and thanks to the person who sent me the link, uh, the guy, uh, John Wilner of uh, Pac-12 Hotline, he's the guy who broke this on Twitter. It was shared with me via DM, and then I saw it on ESPN as part of SportsCenter and said, oh, my God, what? Last time I saw something like that on SportsCenter, it was Brad Stevens going to the Boston Celtics, and I nearly crapped the couch. You know, how could that be? Brad Stevens, he's too smart to leave, cute, quaint butler. Evidently he wasn't. Now he's the grand poobah of the Boston Celtics. All right, we will continue to hash this out as time moves forward and, and try to figure out exactly what it means and how it affects the evolution of college athletics as we know them to be and what the fallout might be. Again, if I'm Iowa State, if I'm Kansas State, I'm not feeling real good. And I haven't felt good in a long time. Can they feel worse than they did? If they can, they do. I think the Big Ten tries to get to 20 or 24, and I think the SEC tries to do exactly the same thing. And if they find the right components, they completely eviscerate the ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12. And they're going to say that's not part of their business plan taking away from others, and they're full of it. They are lying straight into the lens of the camera when they say that. It is absolutely about expanding their footprint, and while that happens, shrinking the footprint, the meaningful footprint of the others. And that just happened within the last hour. At least we found out it happened within the last hour. John Wilner, again, with the tweet that kind of let us all in, on what's going on in the world of college athletics, which is high-stakes money, baby. That is high-stakes poker these guys are playing. And they ain't playing games. And Kevin Warren just dropped a bomb that lets everybody within that business know that the Big Ten isn't sitting on its hand with a five-year plan and a ten-year plan. They got a plan now, because if you don't have a plan now, your plan for five years from now doesn't mean jack. All right, let's talk about the Colts a little bit. Uh, upgrades. Here are the two upgrades that I think are enormous for the Colts. Two of them. Uh, Matt Ryan, absolutely enormous. Matt Ryan does the little things, does the big things between the ears. He is a gigantic upgrade over what was here. I won't even mention his name. People get upset when you mention his name. You're yelling about that guy again. No, I'm not. But who the hell are we going to talk about? Are we going to say Matt Ryan's an upgrade over, you know, Dan Orlovsky? 
We got a season upgrade over Jim Harbaugh. We live in the here and now. And last year, that guy was a starting quarterback. And so everything Matt Ryan does is going to be compared to him, whether you like it or not. Mm. All right, but a huge upgrade. Stephon Gilmore over Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes was terrible against man. Terrible. When, when they played man against a, a receiver. Didn't go well. Stephon Gilmore is a really good press coverage guy. He's good at it. He's good in zone. He's good in press. He's going to be fine in Gus Bradley's system. By the way, do not discount, and I've said this for weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, Gerald, USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten. That's huge in college sports. Um, Gus Bradley over Matt Eberflus is like, wow, how did this happen? It, it's like getting, um, it's, I don't know, what, what's a good uh, good comparison? How about Steve Sarkeesian, because he's had a pretty good recruiting week, over Tom Allen. Pretty good one. Um, you know, if somehow or another Nick Saban decided, I want to come to Bloomington, it would be that big a difference. That's how big a difference Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator is, and he brought his staff. And that's a huge deal. Ron Miles and Mike Mitchell as the DB coaches. Richard Smith as the linebackers coach. And you got Nate Ali as the defensive line coach. All of those huge upgrades over what was. And I can't wait to see uh, the flowers that bloom because of the work being done by those guys. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe as the edge instead of Quiddy Pay, but then Quiddy Pay as the opposite edge over Al Kadeen Muhammad. Both upgrades. Uh, in Gakwe, you know what you get. You get between 8 and 12 sacks. Pay, as a sophomore, I think is going to be really good for the Colts. Uh, Nick Cross, is he going to be better than Kari Willis? He sure has the potential to be better than Kari Willis. Um, Alec Pierce over T.Y. Hilton. I don't think that's an upgrade, despite the fact that T.Y. Hilton couldn't stay healthy. At least not yet. It's not an upgrade. Great. Uh, Danny Pinter off over Mark Lewinsky. I think that's going to be an upgrade. And I think that Matt Pryor over Eric Fisher is going to be an upgrade. But I think the biggest upgrade for the offensive line comes in the form of Matt Ryan, who's that we talked about it yesterday and a little bit this morning. His dropbacks are consistent. His footwork consistent in the pocket. The moment at which he kind of launches is consistent. He gets rid of the ball quickly. Carson Wentz did none of those things, inconsistent in his drops, inconsistent in moving up in the pocket. He could not be predicted to be in a specific spot at a specific time, and that made it very difficult for the offensive lineman to know where the person they're supposed to protect is. It's kind of like the Secret Service. If they don't know where the president is, how the hell are they going to keep him from getting shot? Please. All right. Um... But that staff, huge upgrades. All right, Pacers, free agency starts tonight at 6 o'clock. Are you kidding me? It's June 30th. It's supposed to be like, oh, what are we going to talk about today? You know what I mean? And you find something and you love it, but this is crazy. DeAndre Ayton, I would love to see the Pacers find a way to get DeAndre Ayton. If they can work a sign-and-trade with the Suns for DeAndre Ayton, that would work out nicely. Uh, Pacers have more than $20 million under the cap if they send out uh, Miles Turner and 
Aiton signs an extension for, let's say, $32 million a year, that fits. You can make that work because the Pacers have that cap space. That's how you use the cap space. It's not spending $18 million on a middling free agent. It's finding a way with a trade to upgrade at a position because you got the money to do it. Dante DiVincenzo, I wouldn't mind as a free agent. He and the Kings, no extension. So DiVincenzo is a guy who's available. I liked him when he was a pre-draft workout guy for the Pacers. Uh, great talker, which is important to the media. And good shooter, great basketball player. Was a key member, in my mind, to that uh, Bucks World Championship team. Not the key member, but a guy who started. That's important. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. My goodness, what's going to happen between now and then? I'll tell you what. More news like this breaks. We'll go live regardless. We'll do shoes, shows all damn day. Let's go. Hit that like button.